Hey folks, welcome to the Sloppy Boys Blowout. I'm Mike Hanford. I'm here with Jeff Dutton. Lovely to be here, mate. Ooh, and Tim Kilpakis. What is up? This is, this is the uh, Wolfman Tim. I misspoke. That was Wolfman Tim here tonight, and we're having a great groovy time. We're going to talk about music here on the Blowout. Yeah, baby. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. These Blowout episodes, they drop on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just right when the new Yeezys our, drop. Our main, our cocktail podcast drops our episodes on Friday. Yeah. Mm. As far as I know. I don't listen, but yeah. <laughs> Not a fan of the show? <laughs> I lived it, man. Um, I, well, I was just going to say, because I wanted to say something about Friday's drink, and then I was wondering, are there no spoilers or the cat's out of the bag? As of Monday, we've announced it, right? So I can come right yeah, out and say. Yeah, spoil it. They know what, they know what is coming. They know what is up. Okay, so what? here's what is up. Patrons, huh? Friday we're doing the pickleback shot. Yeah. And we're doing it with Fran Gillespie. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spoil anything about that. But um, what I wanted to say is I, because I had the ingredients handy, I made myself a cocktail that is Jameson whiskey and pickle juice all together in a cocktail oh, in on it. ice. Wow. All together as one. Let's see all how it tastes. It's delicious. Is it? Dude, but it, you can it hang be, out with it. It would be better with vodka, but it's still Ooh. very good. Yeah, because then it would be a little more like a martini. Very yes. true. Holy shit. And I made myself. Yeah, what'd you I'm, I'm uh, climbing high up into the yellow bird tree again. Oh, oh hell God. yeah. I love it. Whew. It's you know a what? good I, drink. I, I'm going to pull back on the Galliano, I think. Yeah, it's just for color. Add it as a floater. Maybe not do not maybe not do equal Galliano lime and uh, what's the third uh, triple sec? Yeah, I made myself what I was calling a sing a poor man Singapore sling. I don't know if you can mm. see this. This is gin, pineapple juice, and then uh, you know I, I I threw some extra shit in there. I didn't have lime, so I threw in some lemon. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I threw in a little falernum, and I threw in a little, um, what's the uh, maraschino, uh, the... Grenadine? Grenadine, thank you, Timmy. You have falernum? I got falernum. Yeah. My God. I'm sitting pretty over uh, here. And if you got nostrils, you're falernum. Um, <laughs> I think that was very intuitive, Jeff, because I think that's right. I think a Singapore sling, it's gin and pineapple juice, and then just a couple Bunch of, of crazy crap. Things. Yeah, yeah. We could yeah. open you know, a... We could open a bar. We could. And Jeff, I mean, Jeff comes up with some of these concoctions that seem to work. Tim, you're doing something over there. It's great. Why don't we open a bar? If this podcast got like so One more Patron. (laughs) Yeah, if we get one more Patron. Well, one more. I was going to say so big that every man, woman, and child all across the earth knew it and loved it. Yeah. Wow. I think... I think the ultimate goal for us as a band and this podcast is to set up a uh, um, Jimmy Buffett style island where we live and play music all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, which God. isn't part of the U.S. and has its own laws. Yes. 
guys, we got to do an episode. We got to go down to Key West. That'd be fun. Troll up and down Duval Street. It's so fucking fun. Is it? That's where. Right. That's where. What? What is this thing called? Margaritaville. Yeah. 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 That's there's where one. It is? There's one there, uh, and I think it's the original. But it's also like you know uh, the big thing is, um, uh, Tony. Old Tony's is like a Hemingway hangout and Sloppy Joe's, and there's a lot of good old rum bars. Ooh, Sloppy there. Joe's. That's good. We could just um, buy the bar and like change the sign a little bit and save some money. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, we could keep the O where it is. Leave the O. Leave the, 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 I, I have a theory. I could turn the, the J yeah. into a B without too much work. Yeah. If Jeff, if you could get to work on turning that E to a Y, mm-hmm. you know, some other languages in Europe, they say they pronounce the letter Y as E. So that's kind of hmm. close. <laughs> and then we just have to find a way to get that apostrophe out of it. Yeah, where does that get us? Yeah. And then we have to secede. And then we have to secede is a big part of my plan. We the can't be held to the laws of this nation. <laughs> oh, right. You want to do a little uh, gambling. Well, we have, I have like a whole like um, Colonel Kurtz, like a, <laughs> sort of an apocalypse now envisioning scenario for this beautiful place. A fantastic film. One of one of Coppola's f- most exciting. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you're a f- you're well, Mike. You're a cinephile, right? I can be. I'm I'm more into uh, uh, a literature books. You know. Oh, right, um, right. my library card is like running thin. If I'm using it so often. <laughs> yeah, I could see how that would. Happen. I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, speaking of uh, <laughs> pox now, apocalypse now. Um, uh-huh. Epoxy now. I yeah. brought up on this pod before. I brought up the movie Val. Have either of you seen it? Not yet. See, but whenever you too. say that, I always think you're 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 using a shorthand for the movie like Valerian or something. Yeah, but you're talking about you're talking about Val, the Kilmer Doc. The Kilmer Doc. Never seen. It's okay. It's I enjoyed it, but it's not like a must see. But here's the one scene that is that stuck out to me is uh, uh, Marlon Brando. Oh yeah, from Apocalypse mm. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah he sure. was in his his. Uh, remember the Island of Doctor Moreau? Sure. Yeah, I never saw it, but I I remember it. I, I haven't seen it, but I saw the doc that was um, chronicling its uneasy production. Mm. Um, oh, what is that? Because there's a heart, uh, heart of Darkness is the movie about Apocalypse Now. What's um, the hold one on. about? You've heard of it. You heard. You've heard. Oh shit, motherfucker! Jodorowsky's Dune. No, that I've that's, seen. That's that's, good. Uh, that's also great. Lost Soul: The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. I don't think that's the one. I'm Man, talking. is it lo- <laughs> Lost in La Mancha? No, <laughs> I love that genre. I like movies about movies that were bad. Couldn't get yeah. made. Lost Soul: The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau. It's got to be. Dude, that. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that tonight. It's that fucking crazy. Great. Um, well, in Val, I'll probably just read. Yeah, go ahead. A book. And, and Mike, what are you going to read? You, you were saying? <laughs> you can't think of a book. Um, um, Mike, Mike will probably read Canterbury Tales. Ah, again? Uh, Chaucer. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, God. Yeah. You want me to read that again? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you Suggesting say that, I've Mike. read it before. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just going to say... If I can get a fucking word in edgewise for once yeah, on Val, the show. Sick. I'll zip the lip. The, the, the reason Val, the movie exists is because Val Kilmer rolled a lot of VHS video all the time. So he has a lot of onset mm. videos and, mm. and the, the crown jewel of his videos of like 30 years of 
putting a camcorder in people's faces on set is he's, he, it's, he's shooting the Island of Dr. Moreau, but it is nighttime. He's just hanging around and Mm. he's like walking around outside on a patio porch Mm -hmm. and he walks up to a hammock and there's (laughs) like, uh, you know, like late nineties, Marlon Brando, <laughs> just the big old potato sitting on a hammock. <laughs> a poor hammock. <laughs> yeah. And um, Val always puts a camera in someone's face and asks a real deep question. Like, what's your philosophy on life or something real big like that? So he, he, uh, he Brando puts probably ca- ate that shit up. <laughs> oh, quite the opposite. He puts a camera. Uh, Brando is just like really vibing on this hammock, but it's not moving. He's just laying there. And Val is like, <laughs> Marlon. Um, what's your philosophy on life? And Marlon doesn't react to that. He looks over at Val and he goes, give me a push. (laughs) And then Val reaches out to push him on the hammock and he's like, a big push. (laughs) And he he pushes him and then like just leaves Marlon there rocking away on a rope hammock. It's so funny. Could you imagine being the type of person and the age in your life where you're just like, I'm not even going to, if someone's talking to me, I'm doing what I think I want to do. Not I don't answering have to answer anything. Questions. Doesn't <laughs> matter. It's funny because like Brando was so mercurial that like uh, I feel like there were times in his life or people in his life that he would he would just say some crazy epic poetry shit. If, if somebody asked yeah. him something like that, he would go off. Right. I think l- late in life he didn't give a fuck anymore, but early on he he had you know lots of thoughts and feelings. He's very Interesting guy. That that documentary about him that came out a couple years ago was good. And also the one you, Jeff, you worked at a production company that made that big fat Marlon AMC doc. two parter. Yeah, it was one of my oh, first yeah. one of my first jobs in LA, guys. Um, I always think about how the reveal with Marlon that's interesting is that we always think of him as this handsome heartthrob who got chubby late in life. But the truth is that between every movie, even when he was like twenty eight. He was putting on 40 pounds and losing 40 pounds, but there were no paparazzi around to catch him. Ah. Yeah. There's there's like that Hollywood story of, uh, I think he used to live up in Bad Boy Lane with uh, Jack Nicholson up in the hills. And Warren Beatty. Oh, yeah. And Warren Beatty. And somebody, I think Jack Nicholson had his... Uh, had a key. Uh, Brando put a, a lock on his fridge and Nicholson mm-hmm. had the key. So if he wanted to eat, he'd have to go over to Nicholson's house, right? Is it? Does that ring a bell to you guys? I, I I've been up there. I made a delivery to uh, Nicholson, and I saw Nicholson, and it was after Marlon was dead. But Bad Boy Lane is real cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think he. the story is then, like, Brando would just go over to other people's houses and eat, <laughs> eat stuff. And the, the other story that came out not too long ago, Brando had sex with Richard Pryor. Ah, uh, really? yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. It, like on, only like two, three years ago, Richard Pryor's late wife or ex-wife, the late Richard Pryor's wife who mm-hmm. survived him, said like, "Oh yeah, he had a whole fling with Marlon Brando." Wow. Secret Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Romances God. that we didn't that didn't make the cover of People magazine. Damn. Nope. <laughs> Just those romances that didn't make the cover of People magazine. Let's talk about the some romances that did make the cover of some magazines. 
<laughs> a Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, there's you're not, one. You know, you're not talking about the subject of this blowout, right? USA Today. How about that? Damn. Really? Yeah. I mean, I prefer the New York Times, but yeah. Yeah, this is a little uh, smuttier. I prefer hearsay. Yeah. Well, today, folks, we're talking about traveling without moving. That's right. It's the third album from Jamiroquai, my beloved, released in... (laughs) Yes? You know what had never occurred to me before? Uh Uh-huh. Traveling without moving. Yes. What do you you think it's about? Well, picture the video from Virtual Insanity. (gasps) He's walking... He's like walking on the floor, but the room's moving around him, and he's tr- he's traveling without moving. You're fucking right, Timothy. For once, is it about tripping balls? Well, traveling without moving was uh, it first came to him when he was driving a sports car, as lead singer J.K. is wont to do. And his buddy turned to him and said, like, they were moving so fast he couldn't feel anything. And he's like, it's like we're traveling without moving. That's cool. Mm. I know that. Feeling. And Jay also said that. <laughs> That also felt like, uh, he said it reminds him of the earth spinning also. Here we are traveling through space, but we don't perceive any movement. And then also... Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I, I apologize. I, I'm sort of giggling here. Maybe you can hear that. T- Tim's munching down on a big, long, long pickle over there. I, I just, uh, something I, that struck me is funny. Pickle after pickle. <laughs> He's just going nuts. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, I want to get back to your thing, but real quick, I just got to say... To anyone out there who thinks that a pickle just tastes like a cucumber, you're wrong because it's a whole different experience. <laughs> okay, you're inventing a straw man. <laughs> Nobody thinks a pickle just tastes those like people, a cucumber. All those people out there on TikTok who are making all those videos about how cucumbers... Yeah, all those haters are, and losers out there. <laughs> Ooh, Bullshit. What if, oh, what, we, should, we should write a movie that's like a, uh, it's like a film noir thing called Straw Man. Mm. We don't know what it's about, but straw man sounds like a film noir it could, term. Could, could also be like an A24 horror movie. The straw man. Ooh. Yeah, ooh, don't light him on fire. Straw okay. man. Straw man is when you're arguing and you you kind of create the argument for the other party that's a that's a flawed argument just so that you can dunk on them. Correct. Or at least that's my understanding as a dumb man. Yeah. Is the is it it's the cousin of the devil's advocate? Yeah, they're cousins. Mm. I think right, it's a cousin sorry. of the so Slender, Slender Man. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, all right. There's, there's sorry, one Jeff, more instance. There, there's Slender one. Man versus Superman. Who wins? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Superman. Michael, there's one more, there's one more uh, instance of know, traveling I without know. moving. And you might know it. You, you've read Dune. Mm. Oh, Barely. In Dune, that fucking book is so hard to get through. In Dune, there is mention of traveling without moving. I think they're talking really? about astral projection. Perhaps is that something ah. that they do in Dune? I couldn't tell you, man. There's so that book. That book is dense. They're also on. They're they're on fucking like they're doing spice on in that book. I'm told. Yeah, they're on Arrakis. Yeah, the planet of Arrakis. Spice Network. Well, uh, let me ask you guys. Before I, uh, maybe I should just launch into like the genesis of this album, but, but I want to hear like, what is your, what was your like what knee jerk up? reaction or your like <laughs> dis- discovery of like Jamiroquai? It was probably this album, I'm guessing. Yeah. A virtual insanity. Yeah. The, the, the music video for virtual insanity when we were mm-hmm. kids, inescapable, cool as hell, whether you liked the song or not, you knew the video. I loved the song. And beyond that, 
I revisited this album this week, but but I'm trying to think back before I revisited. The only other thought I had was that Jamiroquai managed to be like the the dancey funk band that sort of infiltrated music festivals, kind of like they kind of were accepted by jammy. Yeah. It wouldn't be weird to go to Bonnaroo and see Jamiroquai. Mm-hmm. Totally. Michael? Uh, first of all, is Jamiroquai, <laughs> Jamiroquai, <laughs> is Jamiroquai just the guy or the band? It is the band. Okay. But I didn't know that. I've always just called him Jamiroquai. But, the guy. but as time has gone on, he has taken more of a central role. And, uh, you know, he was sort of a, um, it seems like he might have been a little bit of a tyrant in the wake of, like, Oh. virtual insanity in this album and that um early on it was very very much a band like a multicultural band drawing from a lot mm-hmm. of different things and it and it has slowly become like even more electronic even after this album and more about jay are they still a band or still a music uh kind of not really their their okay. last album was a couple years ago and like people keep wanting them to tour he's been a little more active on instagram but we'll see if they come up with anything or do anything but we're we're doing this episode because it's uh the 25th anniversary did they put out like a big fat reissue yeah they just released a 4k version of the virtual insanity video and they got like a double vinyl coming out um yeah 25th anniversary of this album which makes me feel old this is the type of thing where Jamiroquai is the type of band that, that I will also put uh, Robbie Williams in this camp where it's like a big, huge English uh, uh, perform artist that like comes to the U.S. and has like a hit or two. But is like, and that's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. But like is like huge in England is like drives fancy sports cars and lives in mansions. But it's like, oh, I don't really know who this person is. Exactly right. Um and Tim, going back to what you were saying about them being a jam band, yes, they classify themselves, especially early on, as an as an acid jazz band. Ah, and uh, they were very jammy early on, like very earthy. Even even the uh, the the name Jamiroquai is a portmanteau of jam and Iroquois, as in like the Iroquois oh. nation. Because uh, I was going to ask, you know, like the first two albums are environmentalists to the point of preachy. They, they have, uh, like, their hit singles are like, um, We're Too Young to Die about global warming and wow. and uh, When You Gonna Learn about global warming. So, uh, Earth getting hot to yeah, and, and melting mountains. And, yeah, okay. That's, those yeah, songs they, don't, don't they have that song, Iceberg Not As Solid As It Once Was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah. Icy you, Not So Nicey. Uh, yeah, that's a Two iceberg um, songs on that album. It's weird. Don't they have that one song that was like, Water level once was at foot and now <laughs> rides near waist. <laughs> yeah. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna read some I'm gonna read from the liner notes of a Polar Bear once at <laughs> fur not needing much anymore, say mm-hmm. we. Sorry, go ahead. Penguin uh, wearing sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff, uh, in case you couldn't tell, yeah, it's going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read from the liner notes of a March 2013 remaster of this album. These are the words of J.K. himself. The first two albums went on to sell nearly three million copies apiece, but at the time they'd only done about one and a half million each. And while that was good... 
I didn't want to become this semi-underground kind of act that stuck to its little niche and sold one and a half million albums every time. I wanted to break out and be something bigger, more international. To do that, that. we had to do things differently. We needed to be more focused and we needed momentum. So I booked us into a big residential studio where we would be on top of each other all the time and we could work all hours whenever we needed to. Cool. Secondly, the skinny kid in the big coat and the furred hat need to sharpen up and get slicker. And so did his music. The second album had some amazing flavors and musical details in it, but it was incredibly complex and hard to get your head around, especially for us making it. If we wanted to extend ourselves, we needed a more universal sound. Now I'm going to skip ahead a little bit where he says, when we played the finished album to the record company, I was told categorically that there were no singles on it. Where's the big single, they kept asking. We need the big single. Where is it? We thought we'd cracked it. With Cosmic Girl, All Right, and High Times, we thought we were spoiled for choice for the singles. But they just Mm -hmm. looked at us and asked if we had anything else. In the end, Toby and I relented and said that we did have one other track that we demoed, but we hadn't recorded. I put the tape in, press play, the piano starts up, and the vocals come in. And it's a wonder man can eat at all. Their exact (laughs) words when we finished were, you've done it. I said, what do you mean we've done it? They said, you've done it. That's the track we've been waiting for. It's going to be huge. <laughs> I really didn't get what they were talking about. One minute they're telling me there's no singles. The next, the album's going to be massive. But we went back into the studio and recorded it. And thanks in no small part to Jonathan Clazer's video, Virtual Insanity catapulted the album and us way out of the million and a half album league. Massive. Wow. That is so cool because I love a... You hear that thing all the time about people saying like, oh, the label said there wasn't a single. And you always, the, the artist is resistant, but then we, the listener, always love that single that the person had to go, like I, it, Springsteen had to do that. Everyone has to do that. And I love the idea of a band or an artist who is, has had, made a great album, but is ready to like step up to the big leagues. I think recently we were talking about Dua Lipa where it's like, her 2017 album, it's like, oh, great. You're a pop star. You're, you know, you're on SNL and you got some hit videos. But then like the next album is like, no, I'm a, I'm a big fucking huge. You got to crush. Mainstream. Icon. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, going back to Springsteen again. It's like there are one, two, three, four, five Bruce albums, six Bruce albums, and then Born in the USA. Isn't that That's crazy? That's so cool. <laughs> like to then make, when someone is just like, I'm going to take all I've learned and I'm going to make all of the world love me. That's what we should be doing. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, this, this album uh, went on to sell over 8 million copies worldwide and holds the Guinness World Record as the best-selling funk album in history. Wow. Wow. It's up there, all man. Right. What, what, what year did it come out? I was missing that. 96? Uh, 1996, 97 in the U.S. by a hair, January 14th. <laughs> Is that, I want to say it's the same year as Sublime, self-titled. Ooh, Tim, that would be interesting. I don't practice Santeria. Mike. Well, hmm. uh, it's funny that the album starts with Virtual Insanity, which is like part of this new mentality of just kicking it off with the biggest single you can. But for a lot of people... As a listener, I, I like that. I got to say, you know, every artist puts out an album and they want to like ease you into it and have the big hit be track three or whatever. But I did love hit and play on this and just hearing the piano chords that I know and love. Was this was this version different than the like single version? 
They might have had like. I a, didn't remember this weird bridge. There's like a breakdown yeah. that I didn't remember. I just don't remember that from the the video. Maybe I was just mesmerized by the slides. Um, well, it's tough to talk about the song without talking about the video. Also, wouldn't you agree? I would. I would uh, I bet agree. Some people could do it, but yeah, maybe not us. Well, here wouldn't is. Wouldn't you agree? Is that what, is that's a Tim Robinson thing? Wouldn't Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Just making you agree with me. Uh, <laughs> here is an excerpt from VH1's "The Behind the Music." Oh, wherein Jay reflects on the making nice. of the video. My original idea was to do these travelator things, like at the airport, and have them shifting up and down on things. It could work, but it would look bloody messy. Jonathan Glazer was a great guy to work with as well. You know, he phoned me up with this sort of triumphant, I've got it. I'd look off this camera and we'd move the room around. I was like, fuck's he talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and then when I got down to the shoot, all I could hear was this rumbling. So I sort of came in the door, rumble, 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 rumble. East, quickly, west, slowly, <laughs> northwest, stop at south. And I was like, what's going on here? And then I just jumped straight into this video, and it was like, okay, all right, stand in the middle, and off you go. I mean, the whole room itself was absolutely dizzying, you know, just by the end of the first three and a half minute take, I was like, where the hell am I? What's going on? <laughs> then when I saw it back on the screen, it was like, ah, I see what you mean. There you go, folks. Yeah. He did Just it. to be clear, um, with, with, between the accent and the quality of the thing, the camera was mounted to the walls of the room, which was on wheels, and they had a bunch of mm -hmm, people right. moving the three walls around with sometimes the furniture was bolted to the walls, other times it was free-floating. So that's how you create that effect, folks. So the floor is moving, right? No, no. The, the room is moving, the floor is stationary, and it gives oh. the appearance of the floor moving. Because, I had it all yeah. wrong all these years. The cameras they're on a big the sound stage and they're moving. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Wait, what okay. it, Mike, how do how would they be moving the floor? I so I'm I'm just looking at it now. I thought like the floor uh you know, between the floor and the wall was just like enough space that you could uh like they're not actually connected. Yeah, yeah, that not, makes sense. That's true, but but it's but it's the walls but that are I moving. Thought, I thought the, the floor, floor was moving around. I, I got you. Well, I remember being a young kid. I was watching this as a boy, and I figured that out just by <laughs> saying, "Oh, there's probably a bunch of crew guys moving the walls around, and the couch, the couch isn't moving. The couch is on the floor. My gravity is holding it down, and it looks like it's moving." Yeah, but he's but he's like. He's like walking through. Oh, the when the couch moving. touches the wall, then it's right. then it's pushing it. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about this. I'm watching it now. <laughs> I, I, didn't did they do this live at like a um, at like an MTV uh, video yes, awards? Or something? They did, yeah. and it won video yeah. of the year. I think it won four awards, including Ooh. video of the year. But but uh, now for when I saw them, especially or. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when I saw them in the wake of this album, they did have those um, people mover conveyor belts on the stage so that he could sort uh -huh. of like jump forward and back and do the little the things he does. Lyrically is so of the era that this uh, virtual insanity, the, the paranoia of like digital stuff is going to make our lives weird, man. But then also just insanity. There were so many songs in the 90s 
like insane. In I'm the cracking up. I'm losing my mind. In, insane in the membrane. And um, what's the Green Day basket case? There's mm-hmm. there's like mental health. Late late 80s, early 90s, like was like first wave or maybe second wave of therapy being being really big and then like little punk rockers that hadn't tried therapy were just sort of like oh i'm losing my mind right <laughs> and like uh and like drugs it was, wasn't that the first time that like antidepressants were starting to come out where it's just like oh prozac yeah, nation prozac. man <laughs> yeah oh we should make an album called prozac nation <laughs> Well, I I also dug up a song that um, it's claimed that Virtual Insanity interpolates part of Jocelyn Brown's post-disco hit, Somebody Else's Guy from 1984. Uh, You guys want to take a listen and see how close it is? I don't know if it is that close. Yeah, we'll be lawyers. What am I supposed to do, baby, when I'm so looked at? That's a piano, all right. I think there's like a bust out moment coming up. You are somebody else's yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing yet. Vibe, but no notes. Yeah, I know. Vibe, vibe is Virtual right. Virtual insanity. Yeah, I Oh, hear there it. you go. Yeah. Let's let this rock for a second. I like it. Oh, there it is. Ba-do-da, ba-do-da, okay. Ba-do-da. Chord progression. Still, though, I feel like chord progressions are a fair game. It's got to be vocal melody. But even like the ba-do-da, ba-do-do, it has a little yeah. bit of that. Ah, they, I don't know. They have a case. They got a case. Uh, but it uh, depends on your jury. But they weren't sued. They were just saying that like, uh, I don't know, the Wikipedia oh. was saying that like, it does interpolate this one song, so I don't know if they mm. copped to that at one point or what. Um, Duddy, I, I was wondering how much this is in the front of your brain when you listen to this album. I, I had never heard the whole album before this week. Mm-hmm. I knew virtual insanity. Sure. But something, even just virtual insanity hadn't crystallized for me. I was listening to it in my car and I was like, oh, this is kind of Stevie. You know, this is like a Stevie oh, Wonder yeah. song, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I listened to Cosmic Girl and I was like, now this is this is Stevie. And then I was listening to the first six tracks on this album. Yep. This is Stevie, man. It's a whole yes. Stevie like that's what they were listening to. And it's funny because in the past I was always like, oh, where does this stew come from? These guys are jammy and funky and like almost like the pop sensibility of like Brit rock, but like dancey. And then now when I listen to it, not in a bad way, in a good way, I'm just like, oh, this was like 90s kids that were really into Stevie. Yeah, it's, it's I feel like it's that thing that you see in culture a lot where you're copying 20 years prior, hmm. like in, yeah. in fashion Richard and in prior, music. Yeah. It, oh, hmm. <laughs> yes. You're copying 20 years of Richard Pryor. And Marlon, you know, doing the deed. Yeah. Well, Tim, I, I found a quote in which Jay addresses exactly this. Mm. In Vibe magazine in 1999, he says, well, when you mention Stevie Wonder, you mention someone who can play drums and keyboards, a fucking genius, which I'm not. There's a great difference. Everybody's influence. (laughs) 
But you're only influenced so far. You cannot just copy. You cannot just sound like Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Which is, uh, hmm. he certainly tried. Well, I don't think, yeah, and I think it's just like, I feel like it was just what he was listening to where his sense of like writing his vocal melodies comes from because Stevie has this very specific thing where it's like, I, I always think of Stevie Wonder as a guy that like, he started making music in the 60s and then came into his own in the 70s. But I feel like he was listening to soul music, Sam Cooke or Al Green or like music that, soul music that you would picture like, late night at a club mm -hmm. and then Stevie made it like this sunshine, joyous daytime version yeah. of gospel music and made it uh -huh. brighter and happier and celebratory. And, and I think that that wh whether JK is thinking Stevie or not, he's doing that same thing where it's like, and when you think of being the dancey funk band at a music festival, that can hang with fish and stuff that is, what you're doing. You're kind of like taking soul music, but you're like broadening it out. Like, so it could play on the radio and play in people's cars and stuff. Agreed. Um, also it should be, I should mention Stevie is, is a fan. So, uh, nice. th there's no, there's no hate be betwixt the two, but yeah, it's a, it's a fair, uh, fair criticism. I, I thought, uh, going off that, I thought, uh, cosmic girl was like a parliament nod. Oh Yeah. You know, like Parliament talks about, like the space dog. <laughs> yeah, you know, just kind of like doing the one to ones. On, yeah, 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 totally. Uh, cosmic girl, yeah, definitely. One, one, one last word about Stevie. Have I told you about the time that uh, Jessica met Stevie Wonder? No. Do you know the there was a club called Teddy's in the Roosevelt Roosevelt Hotel in yeah, Hollywood, yeah. and Jessica in like. 2007 or something was leaving there and she saw Stevie wonder and she goes, I love you, Mr. Wonder. And, uh, he, he said, I love you too. <laughs> Mr. Wonder <laughs> guys. Uh, let's, uh, listen to a little bit of cosmic girl. Hey, eh? yeah, sure. As soon as it fucking loads. One thing I'll say about if we just, my last thought on uh, virtual insanity is uh, it always surprises me when I listen to this song when he like shouts out, he's like, oh, <laughs> why? It, it doesn't sound melodic. It just sounds like what? a funny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it always sounds funny to me. No, he's good. That's he's all. doing his thing. He's singing. He's, no, he's doing his thing. You got to do your he, thing. He, he I, I don't say. You got to do the thing. You got to dance weird. You got to wear the furry hat. But it just, uh, it's not what I usually think of with like soul, just like a shouting out moment. Yeah. I got to say like, weirdly in high school when this came out, you would think that a guy my age in New Hampshire would be more concerned with, especially Cosmic Girl, sounds gay. Okay. Mm. Like, uh, like... Uh, it sounds like I, I, I should have been more afraid of having those those sorts of things lobbed at me. Uh huh. And I certainly knew that like Jay was just like, oh, he's definitely dances weird and dresses weird and does his own thing. But maybe, but he's he's he owns it. He's in. That's his thing. He, he owns it. He's into it. And I was so into it. I I could have. Uh, I I didn't care if anyone thought I was gay. I knew what I was or whatever. 
But um, Cosmic Girl, especially record companies, were just like, nobody's going to play this outside of gay clubs. And it's become one of their biggest uh, sort of live show staples. Mm. Oh, yeah, here we go. That bass is moving. There's still a Stevie vocal melody, though. Sure. Bass by Stuart Zender, possibly is or my favorite bass player of his. I get what you mean, Jeff, that like I wasn't into this dancey stuff because I would have been listening to Sublime and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Blink-182, and I was probably not open-minded enough to get on out on the dance floor at the same time i was listening to like 311 and rage against the machine and stuff right and i was trying to get people into jamiroquai they had some hits in the u.s but it's funny that the world over they were huge and they just never really hit big in america beyond virtual insanity like uh when dave matthews he's soccer man he's soccer he's exactly soccer yeah when Dave Matthews, what were we saying? Well, like when, when Dave Matthews was the biggest band in the United States, uh, Jamiroquai was the biggest band in like every other nation of the world. Mm. And, and, and who's still, just remind me, who's still touring? Oh, uh, geez. We'll figure it out later. Mike. We'll, just, we'll figure it out later. I'm still, I'm still hung up on uh, Jam Iroquois. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Well, Is, does, does, the, does their logo have anything to do with anything? That little guy who's kind of. The Buffalo s- Man. The Buffalo Man. Down with the, yeah. I'm not sure, but uh, I know that like early on, like I mentioned, the environmentalism was a big thing. Mm. And also he's gotten a lot of flack for like wearing um, n- native headdresses and the like. Uh-huh. It wasn't just a one-time thing, like especially early on, he was always a dude wearing headdresses and, you know, what they call drug rugs and stuff with tassels and every, and the record companies were always like, can't you just sing about a girl and not like don't sing, <laughs> don't sing a love song to the moon and yeah, let the you just wear the jeans we've provided <laughs> yeah but uh jason luis cheatham aka jk is the son of huh? m- mother jazz singer and actress karen k karen k is her stage name and uh her, his father was portuguese guitarist luis saraiva um he was an identical mm. twin and his brother died weeks after birth yeah. He was raised by mom uh, with a love of music, but they were poor and moved around a lot. And he was homeless at 15, surviving off of petty crime, returned home after a false arrest and near death where he pursued, where he decided to pursue music and worked as a break dancer and founded Jamiroquai in 1992. Wow. So although he's a white dude, he's half Portuguese and, you know, he's, he's got a lot of, he's got a diverse band and they wrote collaboratively for a very long time, including this album. You know what I think is real cool, and and speaking of writing collaboratively, is um, listening to this album in a modern context, a lot of the compositions of the songs would totally fly today. Like we, on on this show a few weeks ago, talked about uh, Levitating by Dua Lipa and yeah. Kiss Me More by Doja Cat. Mm. And there is this sort of like modern disco like laid back chill disco thing going on and Jamiroquai their songs are ex- like would be perfect if, if if they were writing them now and it kind of went through the pop machine I could imagine them being big hits but me as a 38 year old man listening to this album what I loved 
was hearing that genre with live drums and hearing a Ooh. drum set because songs these days on the pop charts, they, they just exist like they exist in your earbuds and then they exist on your car radio or, or whatever, but you don't ever think of the band playing them because they didn't because it was right. a loop They're chemically concocted. Yes. And so, and, um, when you listen to like old rock and roll, you're like, yeah, no shit. This was a band playing in a studio or classic rock. It's like the opposite. It's a whole different genre, but it was cool to listen to this album and be like, this is what it sounds like. If levitating was played in a studio by five guys or four dudes, it, like this is what it would sound like. And I just love when you can tell that drums are not a loop and that a drummer, the little imperfections that are live drums, it makes me so happy. Yeah, this is definitely dance music pre-EDM and, and almost just pre-EDM because this was coming out around the same time as Daft Punk, who was, who was really, really ushering in the era of loops. Mm-hmm. And uh, and these guys were very very analog. Like I'll I'll play a little I'll play a little track five. All right, which is one of my one of my faves. Another banger. Yeah, this is my fave off the album. This baseline, baby. Uh, the bass player didn't like this baseline because it was too simple, but. It really? Does. It is a Sounds very difficult to me. Left foot, right foot levitating, Dua Lipa and the baby. There you go, Tim. You're getting the hang of it. That's a hit. <laughs> and we as musicians know these are our, our uh, octaves on the bass. Love that. Just slapping the octaves. Bump, bump, ducktails. Yes, yes, we know that. Life is like a hurricane. <laughs> Guitarist doing a little Nile Rodgers tickling action back there. Was this a hit, like a big hit? Because I know this song. Yeah, this is a hit. And it's like... Did it have a music video? It did. And it's also like one of the bigger ones to play live. Um, All Right's a Banger. That's my fave. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's my favorite of the uh, yeah. album. It's got a groove. These guys are they're searching for the groove. Oh yes, right. Yeah, well, and they and they found it. Hey, not unlike and they us, they get in the pocket and they stay there. No, we don't really get ever in that pocket. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we tried on the second album. We tried to. We end up. We end around. We 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 end up in the pant legs and we'll be in the we, crotch. <laughs> you might yeah. fi- find us down in the cuffs. <laughs> in the we crotch. tiptoe around the belt loop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Ooh, tiptoe around the belt loop. Write that down. Good album title. Album ten. Um, well, it's funny. I pulled up mostly just like the bangery sort of dancey stuff, which this album is that. But they also sort of have these like late night chill out songs. How did you guys uh-huh. feel about some of the slower, sexier stuff that I'm not going to play? Well, well no, I wait, wait, felt you, you very jumped, you, funny. Go ahead, Jim. I felt that the album sequencing was very funny, that tracks one through six were one thing, like Stevie, uh, Funkadelic, Jamiroquai, Jammy doing their thing, and then such a break <laughs> that... Uh, track seven, Drifting Along, is Bob Marley and the Whalers, and that's a fun mm-hmm. little 
parody thing, not parody, but pastiche. And then when I saw Two didgeridoo tracks, did, I know that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I la- I was in my car driving and I listened to this and I track eight is digirama and has a didgeridoo. And I was like, Oh, I love it. That's so fun. They're getting in the world music. It's a droney didgeridoo song. And then the next song is digital vibrations. <laughs> uh, COVID. I think it's so funny that they did those back to back. That's the funniest fucking thing. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's funny to take like, okay, the didgeridoo, the instrument no one uses. Let's just chunk them together. Now, Jeff, you own a didgeridoo. How much uh, was this album an influence on your purchase? <laughs> um, heavy? Uh, uh, very heavy? <laughs> All of it? <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the guy who plays didgeridoo, I want to get his name right because he is in the band. His name is Wallace. I want to find his ass. Wallace Buchanan. Yes. He is the didgeridoo player in Jamiroquai. He's in, he's on all the albums, but it's funny that they do give him like two songs in a row. And Hey, you guys want to hear me play a quick didge? Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Let's see what I got here. <laughs> yeah it's pretty good that's pretty good. good very good you guys want to hear me play some funky guitar yeah yeah do it Uh, do you guys want to hear me um, do my uh, least favorite lyrics from this album? Yeah, yeah, do it. Use the force. Use the force. <laughs> you don't like use the force? <laughs> no, I don't like use the force. Okay. Do you get the reference? <laughs> yeah. Do you get, get the, the reference, reference, Mike? It's a film. Barely. Like flub. Mike, I also didn't like use the force. Even as a kid, I was just like, ah, I'm not. I, this feels. I mean, he, he is together. talking about Star Wars, right? Like that's. He's doing no, kind of a Bootsy Collins. He's he's, yes, he's doing Star Wars. No, but I mean, he's using Star Wars to to talk about. Uh, to talk to Jabba now. The, 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 the part of you that is uh, beyond your physical person, you know, like mm. I am the wind. I like am when the sea. Luke is able to, you know. <laughs> He's talking about the transcendental part of all of us. Ooh. Even which me. the force is also talking about. Yes, even you. Um, Luke Schnoz honker. Um, <laughs> another big part of this album, if we're going to jump way ahead to, oh. to track 10. This, this uh, album is also about cars. J.K. loves cars. The, pic- the Pixar movie? And, uh, so here is track. T- That's interesting to me. Track 10, Traveling Without Moving. This, this feels like a 70s TV show intro to me or something. Mm. Totally. In come the hi-hats. Hell yeah. <laughs> tiki, 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 tiki. That's good. Beep, beep. I like that. I like that one when I was a kid growing up too because it like got us out of like the earthy stuff, which I wasn't as into as a kid, and into some more of that stuff I could relate to. That shaft, 
Yeah, the earthy sort of. stuff. Oh yeah, Isaac Hayes. This, yeah, this yeah. is a guy who he's uh, earth conscious and but he also he loves cars. Yes. All yes. right. I That's, see. So uh, so he made some money and he thought to himself. I just like the money in the cars now. Yes, it's true. It's a, <laughs> it's oh, really? A, it's a frequent... Is that, like a, is that like a comment against it's a him? It's a huge criticism of his. And, uh, oh, shit. And he's, he's had thoughtful reactions, and then he's had other sort of more cheeky reactions where, where they were mm. like, oh, they say you own like 13 sports cars. And he's like, yeah, I don't drive them all at once. Yeah. <laughs> also, sports cars aren't killing the, the environment. Yeah. It's like now we know that... Uh, now we're more hip to the idea that basically 10 companies are causing the vast majority of global warming. But back we then... shut them down then. Is Patreon one of them? <laughs> yeah, God, I hope not. Shit. No, no, folks. Patreon's not one of them. Keep uh, joining and move up yeah, the tiers. You become a big money hustler today. Yeah, see how high you can get. Yeah, we should do that. Like, move up the <laughs> tiers like Scientology. Like, oh, you're only here. Yeah, we we, so we cool. really see you being up here. That's awesome. Invent your own tiers and climb on the up. The more money you give, the higher you get. <laughs> awesome. And the, and the more you learn the truth about the sloppy boys? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the truth is that we rocked the house. <laughs> <laughs> is that you're coming to the Chicago show? Cool. Ooh. Hey folks, coming check up. us out at Subterranean Chicago, October 22nd. October 22nd. <laughs> well guys, I feel like we've done a we uh, we didn't listen to a ton of the songs, but uh, you no, you guys good- did. I get it's it. Great. The songs all sound the same anyway, so you hear one, you heard them all. That's not true. <laughs> I'm busting your chops, Jeff. I know you're. This is a good. This is your fave. Well, no, but don't don't. Uh, I want to hear what what you really feel. Oh, um, I just I banged my kneecap. I don't, I, I, I don't think you do want to hear what I really feel, Jeff. It's funny to me because uh, Michael. When we when we were like we're we're gonna do Jamiroquai, I was just like, ooh, do I start at the beginning into with the more earthy jammy stuff because I feel like that mm. might be up more up Hanford's alley. And then I was like, well, it's this al this album is the one people know in the anniversary. Let's just fucking do it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if these guys have like, well, I know that they do not have the the chops of a fish. Let's say uh-huh. as far as far as the jams go, but who does? Is is sort of my is sort of my other thing, right? And also, and no one really has both. Like, w- you ever listen to uh, when the Grateful Dead when they're playing Shakedown Street? Then they're they're being like, "Hey, we're playing our disco." The, uh-huh. They can't. I like that song, but they're not really pulling it off. I feel like you're either a groove band or. I mean, I guess Fish is like maybe the one band that can straddle both, but you're you're usually like a rock band or a groove band, you know, no one, you don't usually have the rhythm section that can do both. Yeah. And it's also like being a jam band or or being a jam, like that jam sound isn't like uh, the ultimate form of music in my mind. Like that's not like, Oh, if you can't do the jam, it's, it's, you're not doing it. That's true. Uh, That's its own, that's its own thing. And it's cool if you like it and it's not cool if you don't like it. But, uh, no, I'm giving you a hard time on this. Album. I, I thought this, uh, I like the songs I've heard before, but the other songs, I was like, oh, I, I kind of get, like, as you get deeper in the album, I was like, oh, I, I like five songs out of the 10, the 10 other five are just like, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, they sound yeah. similar to totally, me. Totally, totally. I thought it was, it, it's, it's a very fun album to put on, even those other songs, 
drifting along and digorama and stuff like that. I I think if you got friends hanging around your house, I, I you know, people are sitting around the pool and it's nighttime. You put this album on, that's a half an hour of fun. It's definitely you know? a, cl- a crowd pleaser. Like, hey, yeah. all right. You'll put this on and it's like, ooh, yeah, I am grooving around a little bit. I was just curious to, to you, Jeff, as as a fan of it, like how how much does this translate to you also liking Stevie Wonder? Because to me, I was listening to this being like, this is great. And then also I love Stevie Wonder. I think he's, he's better. And this is like an awesome lineage, but I love Weezer and people will often say like, Oh yeah, Weezer was doing like a Brian Wilson thing. And then I'll be like, yeah, I, I love Brian Wilson, but he never made the blue album. Like, uh, you know, Pet Sounds is, there's not like well, made ten pet sounds, which is apparently like the best album in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have some of the prejudice of like, I don't care about the shit that was that came out before me. At least as far as album listening goes. Yeah, but like as hits. an adult, it's not like Stevie's ancient. It's like it's a seventy mid seventies Stevie. I uh, know and love. 10 Stevie Wonder songs over his many, many albums. And I've never been like, oh, Inner Visions is my album. You know what I mean? We're like, <laughs> I maybe should. But, um, yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, you should do like a deep dive. And uh, I do. I think Stevie that Wonder, you could, if you haven't, already. To- you know, light up an edible, toke <laughs> yeah. up, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> smoke a tab, uh, reach for your lighter and a jewel. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> songs in the key of life just go on the ride man you're gonna love it yeah i agree um, you know what you know if stevie wonder wanted to do a parody album of his own stuff or anyone of songs <laughs> in the blunder. key of life stevie blunder and thongs with me and my wife <laughs> that's pretty good um pretty good. i could also <laughs> i could good. imagine Throngs, uh huh, huh, of the serial life. <laughs> Somebody wants to eat. Yeah, the, the individual yeah. pieces of the serial life. Yeah, throngs of them. <laughs> yeah. Throngs yeah. of many, many. A box full. Yep. Well, I'll often I'll be like, uh, if I'm in a grocery store and I want to find the cereal, I'll be like, where do you keep the um, cereal th- throngs? <laughs> and they're usually like, well, we 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 box it up and it's in boxes. You're like, yeah, but there's like throngs of cereal. <laughs> Oh, you box them here. Oh, okay. Well, we don't we don't box them ourselves. The, the, I guess the factory does that. What? Oh, this is getting very confusing. I'm gonna go um, eat at a restaurant every morning. <laughs> that sounds nice. Eating at a restaurant every morning. Yeah. Getting what a if throng I started of, eating? Throwing a cereal. If you guys heard, uh, you were around <laughs> town and you heard people whispering, and they're like, you know, Tim, he eats at Fred sixty two every morning. <laughs> He, 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 if you, 7 a.m., he's eating uh-huh. pancakes at Fred 62. And if, if he's not there, he's across the street at the House of Pies. Oh, boy. What would if, you think? If I heard people saying that around town, I'd say I would yeah, not like to, I wouldn't like to hear that about my friend. Ooh, you'd, <laughs> you'd be sad. You'd worry about his cholesterol. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. Because it's tough to go into a nice place, places like that that serves good, fun diner food and like getting like the oatmeal. I I have trouble. One time I went to the House of Pies because I heard that Tarantino wrote Reservoir Dogs there. 
Mm. I was writing a pilot and I went to House of Pies and I had a Grand Slam breakfast and 10 cups of coffee. And I was like, yeah, I got my <laughs> laptop. They, that's a great thing. That in the age of Starbucks, you, yeah. you, you, you don't appreciate how fun it is to sit at a diner and the lady keeps filling up your cup all day. Like the best. over and over and over. But I felt when I was writing there, I felt like I was trying too hard. Like it, like I was forcing mm. a scene to happen. But, but they don't want people writing the screenplays there anymore. No, not anymore. Mm. I don't think I'm going to do it. You know, I feel like uh, you used to also be able to spend all day at a diner or Fred 62 or whatever. You hear stories of these dudes like um, Bukowski and those types. Yeah. Eating breakfast every day at a, at a diner. Yeah. And they worked at a post office or something like that. And uh, back then with inflation, you could do that. And I feel like now yeah, it's yeah. like hey, you, you go to breakfast in L.A. and it's like, well, that'll cost you $16. And it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, not you can't do it. It's my post office job ain't paying that much. It's not a sustainable model these days. Yeah, I've uh, been loving that Astro Family Restaurant over there in Silver Lake. I've been hitting that pretty oh, yeah, hard. You took me over there. That was pretty good. Pretty good. You get the six shooter. What's oh, that? Oh, six God. eggs, dude. <laughs> in shot glasses, six eggs and nothing else uh, in a bowl. It's still dozen, in the shell. Just a half dozen no. big round eggs. Listen to this, Jeff. <laughs> two eggs, two strips of bacon. Oh, two links of sausage. Variety pack. Two Breakfast slices of variety ham. Pack. Yeah, okay. And then your choice. Do you want two flapjacks oh, or two yes. Frenchers slices of toast? What? I'm like, not even French toast. No uh, pancakes or toast. Toast. Oh my no god! No substitution. Easy fucking choice there. <laughs> uh, I'm scared of pancakes. They slow me down. I make toast mm. every day. Who gives a shit? Give me those flaps. Yeah, yeah I like. Uh, I like flap them at I me. I like doing a little flapper jacker. I was there yesterday and I got the Greek eggs. It was scrambled eggs with tomato a and feta. feta. Oh, wow. I was making a joke, and there and, you go. In like and mixed the, in with it, or or on top. Make, of it. But yes, but here was my fatal flaw. They said, mm. "Do you want hash browns?" And I was trying to go low on the carbos, so I got mm-hmm. tomato slices. And okay. then the egg, but the eggs already had tomato. So then my whole, pretty much 90% of my plate was tomato. <laughs> I'm looking around saying, who am I, fucking Fozzie Bear? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the drinking the coffee at a diner when they just keep filling it up is tough because you can't keep a good track of how much you've had. Right now, and you leave the place you shaking had. around because yeah, like, they Christ. come up, they come by, and they say you've had, and you're like, yeah, but I don't know how much. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but it's true, and it's free, so I just keep drinking. And then by the time yeah. I walk out, I'm like, I think that was nine cups. The, the, the you can hang out at time. You you can't hang out. I used to hang out at a, in, a all day at a JC Penney's. I would just kind of put out, try stuff on, walk uh, from department to department. I'll have another pair of briefs. Bring, yeah, keep them coming all day. Bring them out. Try every size. Yeah, an extra large. I'll try those. <laughs> try to see what I can get up to. But you know you're a medium. What are you doing with the extra large? I, I want to put the extra large over my shoulders. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah, they don't let you do that anymore with COVID. You got to get your underpants and leave, sir. Damn. Measure yourself at Contactless home. purchase. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. I wish this album was more of a fit for the two of you. 
I said I liked I'm, it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm giving you a hard time because I like to be. No, a, I get it. Uh, a stick in the mud. Plus, I'm I'm I, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm high up in the yellow bird tree. You know that. Oh yes. No when, when I'm up there, I'm taking I'm taking eggs and I'm throwing them down at everybody. <laughs> I'm I'm far too drunk to be on a podcast, and uh, but but I do think I I have a weird distinction when like. I don't know what it is where dancey music yeah. is, is meant to be danced to. Right. Right. And then I have trouble. Well, why is it, why is it vapid is, is sort of the, well, like I would not call this album vapid. It, it's smart and it's fancy and the lyrics are good, but there's like just the functionality when you're, when you say it's like with food, it's like, if you give me a big sub, I eat the sub to get full. But if you give me a little foie gras, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> delighting in it. And it's the same kind of thing with like dance music across the board, even the best dance music. I'm like, Oh, it serves a function, which is to get people moving on the dance floor. And I'm wrong, but I, I I'll like put like other music above it that I perceive as art. So like, uh, I would think, what was this? 1996. Mm, Rage against the machine, uh, battle yeah. of Los Angeles. For some reason I put that above it. Cause I'm like, even though that's rocking real hard, it's like, I'm like supposed to pay attention. But then as soon as you you give me a little disco beat, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to shake my little rump? Then then I don't <laughs> have to to listen. I'm I I just enjoy myself. And that's for me to get past. Well, it engages different chakras, you know? You sort of use yes. the butthole the butthole chakra for the As opposed to the third eye. Yeah, as opposed to the third eye. <laughs> but like see. I have to say, like my goal is to perfectly align all of my chakras. Oh, yeah, that's cool. From Tim. your third eye to your brown eye. I like that, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. Oh, I think uh, to to amend something I said earlier, uh, I think it would be thongs on the me and wife. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna have to go back and. <laughs> you know, we were doing that parody of oh songs, songs in the, in the key, key of, of life. life. Yeah, it would be thongs on the me and wife. Yeah, so so, it's so me and the and wife, wife are wearing, wearing thongs. Yeah, both wearing That's thongs. Good. That's good. That's good. When you're good, you're good. Well, that's going to have to wrap it up here for uh, Jamiroquai traveling without moving. Hell of a damn, hell of a damn video. Hell of a damn uh, uh, funk. The funk's back. Funk's fun. You can't fake the funk on you can't uh, fake the funk. any sort of dunk, quite honestly. But No, um, <laughs> I've been trying to I've been trying to play a little more funk bass. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Are you slapping? Well, you got that new pedal. Got the you new got the pedal. new pedal from MDV. Yeah, nice uh, sloppy wobbler. You're getting a little. Have you been practicing your arpeggios, Michael? <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> the major and the minor. Ah, the minor. I need to uh, delve into. <laughs> the minor is finer. I knew it's ah, but the major say is stranger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no stranger to the manger, but uh, I say the minor is finer. I'd right. wager the major is finer than the minor. 
I, I hope we're no stranger to the manger this Christmas Eve. Ah, <laughs> yes. Thank you. That. Well, thank and the you. whole Christmas season, I, I say. And all year and, round. And, and, and he, he is risen. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Easter. Uh, yes, yeah. he's risen. Truly sure. risen. Easter. Sure. Yes, he has risen, and we shall speak in tongues. <laughs> now, um... <laughs> I, I suggest all you uh, patrons listening p- throw this album on and and uh, get down uh, with your bad you smoke self. smoke them if you got them and uh, have a little uh, dance party in your house. It's COVID times. Get whoever's near you and uh, groove on. Michael, I couldn't agree more. If you got an edible, roll it up in the paper, r- right. light it up with a lighter, and set yep. it on the other side of the room so you can inhale the fumes, <laughs> and then soak it up with your butt. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. All right. Toodaloo. Goodbye, folks.